Grab your copy, get jacked up. It's time for the Block Talk. The Block Talk as a podcast will be a collaborative effort between myself and the best people in the business here in Little Rock to bring up-to-date market and industry information in a fun, exciting way. Fun, exciting way. Okay, we're going to get started then. Are you recording? What do you have okay. Half a cliff bar. Half a cliff bar. bar. Couldn't finish the job, huh? Well, when you have five <laughs> cups of coffee uh, prior to that, there's not a lot of room in the stomach. Mm. Well, we don't have to tell you to get jacked up for the block talk. No, no. You already are. So, good morning, Seth Schreider. Welcome to the block talk. Thank you for being here. So, you work for Metters Adam and Lee. Tell mm. us a little bit about what you do and who you are. Okay, well, that that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, no, I'm a... Uh, I'm from Little Rock, born and raised. Um, this is not the start of the Fresh Prince. I'm not going to finish that up. But born and raised. No. On uh, the playground is where you spent most of your days? Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. Are you a Hawks fan being from here originally? Huge Razorback fan. Okay. Um, I went to Fayetteville uh, for school for a little bit, came okay. back and went to UALR for a little bit. I graduated from Little Rock Catholic. Um, I'm not going to give the, the year. I don't want to <laughs> date myself, but it's probably older than you think. Um, you know, I just, I love this city. Uh, you know, I went through that space in my 20s where I wanted to get out. Um, you know, Little Rock's no, this is just a small town. I hate it. Um, but after living here for a lot of years um, and raising, I've got two small children. It's just a wonderful place to raise kids. Uh, I've got family here. Um, you know, I tell people who visit, I'm sure you've heard this. Someone visits and they go, wow, I did not realize what a great city this was. And I think people have like the bar set real low for Little Rock, unfortunately. But when you come here, it's beautiful. Well, that's the whole point of the Block Talk really is to add value to our audience by telling them all about our city and the things it has to offer, not just recreationally, but professionally. But what you're talking about is how beautiful it is, the outside, being able to take your family and do mm-hmm. activities. We do love that about Little Rock. But when we don't have to play, what about work? Are you loving working here in the city? How you know, um, so I'm one of those guys that did not know what he wanted to do. In his 20s. So what do you do when you don't know what you want to do? Party. Well, besides that. <laughs> okay. You get a sales job. Okay. Okay. So, That's exactly uh, what I do. I have no idea what I want to do when I'm in sales. So good answer. So you know, started out at Altel back when it was the cellular provider and you know, it was in a retail store. And this is how old I am. This was back when you bought a plan. And this is before you merged with Valor Telecom. So this is actually even before Windstream. Yeah, yeah, this is prior to all that. This this was back when it was Altel. Sprint had just come into the area. This is pre-fiber optic. Yes. This is aerial drops. This is uh, pre-digital. This was uh, strictly analog. You had no idea I had coax knowledge, did you? You're pretty impressive. Okay, here we go. It's pretty impressive. So tell me about your days at Altel. So, well, bottom line, it was just, it was, you'd come in and you could buy a 10-minute plan. Now, imagine only having 10 minutes. And this was no texting. Hey, we only have about 15, so I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so, uh, work there. I mean, I, I've had a bunch of sales jobs. I just kind of bounced around. Um, you know, I didn't really find direction until a little bit later in my life. Uh, had one of those midlife crises at 30. and um, Must have a sweet ride. Uh, no. <laughs> Did not have the money to have the proper midlife crisis. Um, so, I just kind of uh, found myself working at a Barnes & Noble. Oddly enough, and uh, they just kept promoting me. And the next thing I know, I looked up and I'd been with them for seven years. The store manager. <laughs> the self-help section, how to become the manager. <laughs> it worked. And, and so, uh, you know, retail was not for me. Um, had two small children, was working 70 hours a week. Uh, I actually uttered the phrase, I hate Christmas. <gasps> 
because I bet your wife and she's so sweet and I can't even imagine you saying that, but well, that's that what retail did. Hey, yeah. retail is great. Barnes and Noble is a great company. They, retail they, yes, they, they took care of me. I really have nothing but nice things to say about them, but you have to be cut from a special cloth to love retail. And I didn't have it. And so I didn't know what to do. I knew I had to get out of there. And a friend of my father's uh, had worked for Mutual of Omaha and then went out and was working for another uh, insurance uh, brokerage out of St. Louis. And we just started talking. Um, and we spent two and a half hours on the phone. And his two of that, two hours of that two and a half hours was to convince me not to get into insurance. And did you sell him the phone card for that two hours? <laughs> just checking. Just checking. Uh, by that point, that was way, way past my days in cellular. But um, So he said, don't do it. He said, don't do it. It's really hard. It's hard to make a living. Um, you know, it is. It's just a lot of so work. So why rise to the challenge? What made you say I'm doing it anyway? I, I, I don't know what it was. I really don't know what drew me to insurance. But once I got there, I know what I fell in love with. To me, life insurance, which is not what I focus on today. I, I still can sell it. I'm licensed for it, but it's not what I do day to day. But I think life insurance might be the best product ever invented. And, and for this simple reason, when done right, when you take all of the right steps to get the proper policy in place, the proper amount of insurance in place, when a mother or a father passes away, the last thing this family has to worry about now is where we're going to live, how are we going to eat? If, uh, let's say one of the, the it was a tr- kind of a traditional family. Um, husband passes away. If you do this right, you build his income into that policy. And so now the mom doesn't have to work for the first year. Or if she is working, she can maybe take a, a sabbatical for a year and take care of her kids. I guess my point is, is you don't have to worry about money when you're going through one of the worst periods of Which your life. Which is already what we all stress about. Exactly. Fight about the major causes and stress and death and the major causes mm-hmm. in divorce and bad relationships is stress, right? Mm-hmm. So not, now we're going to add death to stress. Exactly. So you wanted to come in and make that easier. And when you hand that check to somebody, just to kind of see that little bit of that weight just go away. Now money doesn't fix everything. We know that. Money's not bringing mom or dad back. But it sure is nice to know that I don't have to worry right now about paying the mortgage or I don't have to worry about going to the grocery store or I don't have to worry about oh my god I'm gonna have to find another job that makes more money well what about so life insurance is only going to be there when something tragic strikes which is the case a lot of times with insurance regardless of the type true auto insurance it's going to be a car accident Mm -hmm. and home insurance going to be a fire or flood so a lot of times devastation is involved so that's emotional Mm -hmm. and then in relation to that as well you're also talking about these people having the worst day of their life when they call you. How do you separate yourself emotionally from those situations? Or do you just jump in? Like with me and my clients, I just jump in and go crazy with them. Do you do that as well? Or how do you handle it? Well, I mean, I'm human. And if, especially if they're clients that I've had for a while and the people, you know, I, I try to make a point to learn about the people that I'm working with. Um, you go and you hurt with them. But you also have to remember that, uh, especially in the case of, let's look at homeowner's insurance. When you're buying homeowner's insurance, really what you're purchasing is claim service at the end of the day. That's what you're buying. You're buying insurance to say, when that day happens and we have the fire and we lose everything, 
I've been giving you guys this money in the in form of premium. I want you to take care of me now. I feel like people get lost on the process of they feel like the experience associated with insurance is the experience they have when they purchase it, mm-hmm. which can be negative or positive exactly. in my experience. But what they're actually purchasing is the experience when you need it. Exactly. So when the shit hits the fan, excuse me, when the <laughs> ish hits the fan, for lack of a better word, that is really what the insurance policy is set up for. Mm-hmm. So we put that money in and then we have to expect you to do exactly what you say you're going to do. So what is it that you promise your clients? And, and what's the thing that makes Metters Adams and Lee stand out? Well, we have a culture. Uh, we do a bunch of mantras where I work. And one of the main one of the main ones we have is it's called listen, own it, fix it. And what that says is, is that if you bring something to me, I'm going to listen to you. Then now I'm going to own this issue. And then I'm going to own it until we fix it. What if it's not your issue? It's it's mine until I find the person whose issue it is. Let's say it's not my department. Say it's a commercial issue. Well, I'm still a part of this until I get it to the right person. And then once I get it to the right person, I call them back and say, here's where we are. Uh, this person is now handling this for you. Uh, but I'm going to follow up with you and make sure that everything gets, gets squared away. Um, a lot of times people feel like numbers. And that's one thing that we don't do at Metters, especially when a claim happens. Um, what sets us apart is we do what we're going to say we do. We communicate. Um, we don't, you know, I don't look at an email and say, oh, well, that's not very important. That's a smaller deal. That's important to them. That premium that they pay may not be, we may have 200 clients that pay more, but it doesn't matter to the person. Right, it's their experience. It's their experience. It's their money. That's a lot Jakes. of money to them. Do you hear this? Great minds think alike. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so we're there. when If we do our due diligence on the front end, if I get them with the carrier that fits their needs, um, you know, we walk them through the claims process. We do as much of that for them as we can. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you just want to feel like you matter and you feel like you're important. And that's what we do. Um, you know, I, I, we're an independent agency, which means I represent several different carriers. But the flip side of that is I can truly tell you, my client, that I represent you because I don't work for. That's interesting because I know me in the real estate profession, so my colleagues may or may not agree with me. I'm, I'm an emotional agent like you are an emotional agent, mm-hmm. so it sounds like. So with me, when I look at insurance, I look at all the different guys I know that do insurance. I look at you and Dylan and Elliot, all these guys, and I think about the experiences I have with you. But I'm not really thinking about it from the consumer side because as an agent, I'm really just connecting you to my client base and making sure that they have a good experience when they talk to you. Obviously, you're great to talk to, so I'm sure my clients are having a good time. But what is the most common misconception that you're finding yourself when you're speaking to consumers? What is the most common misconception that you're finding they have about insurance? Because again, I'm thinking of you. I'm not thinking about you're turning around to all these different companies sure. that you're shopping my policy to. Well, I tell you what I find more than anything is people don't understand what a homeowner what a homeowner's policy really covers and what are the main parts of it and how that affects, one, the premium, and two, how it affects the claim when we do have a claim. And, and I say when. I, I could say if you have a claim, but, but you're going to have a claim at some point. It's, it's just the law of averages. 
Um, Even if your house doesn't burn down, you're probably going to have a flood, probably going to have some storm damage, mm -hmm. need to replace a roof, something like that, right? And I could go down a rabbit hole <laughs> of, of those type of things. I'll try to keep oh, this kind of... Oh, we'll get to of, that later. <laughs> um, but what I think I find more than anything, and you'll understand this being in real estate, is what do I insure my house for? That's a question I get. A lot of people think, well, my mortgage... And my bank loan is $250,000. Oh, I love this part. My background's getting me ready. This is what I paid for this house. So, Trivia question, audience. What is your house insured for? Market value, construction costs, or insurance costs? Do you know the answer? Are you talking about on, for, for my for side? For us, all of us consumers. If we have a, a homeowner's policy, what are they basing that on? The value that, the price I paid for my house? Nope. Nope. What are they basing it on? The value of my house? Like what I could sell it for? What it costs to rebuild to like and kind. Okay, so exactly how it is right now. Yes. Not how it was when it was new. Well, so you're getting into depreciation and we really on the insurance side, we're not really looking at it from that point of view. So are you running into this general I, I'm, uneducated level pretty often? Well, it's not uneducated. It's just I do this every day. Just like in real estate, you do that every day. Right. And sometimes we just assume people understand. But... I will have somebody who, I paid $250,000 for my house. Why are you telling me I need to cover my home for coverage A, the dwelling, what you're going to, what the insurance company is going to pay if I have a total loss? Why are you bringing me $325,000? Yeah, I would be frustrated with that because that sounds like my insurance is going to be higher and you're over-insuring. Yes, and what I'm telling you is, is that, let's flip it. Let's say, hey, I paid $550,000 for this house. and You're telling me you're only going to insure it for $350,000? Why would that be the case? Um, it's real estate. People can pay whatever they want. If you can get somebody to buy a $300,000 house for $500,000, you're going to do it. So I know of a house in particular that was very high end and it was foreclosed on and it ended up being sold for substantially lower than the mm -hmm. market would have dictated. There were some foundation issues, issues that needed to be fixed. So the insurance policy is referencing the value of this property to be nearly eight or nine hundred thousand dollars but they only paid 450 for it mm -hmm. so imagine how frustrated yep. they were when they found out the insurance was that high why why is that true in layman terms why is that something that would happen because if we have a total loss four hundred thousand dollars which is what they paid is not going to build that house back that makes sense is not going to build it back and you know i think that's a if you're everyone out there if you are buying homeowners insurance and the person you're dealing with is only asking you what's your address, what's the square footage, and how much is you how much did you pay for it? And they're gonna provide you a quote. In my opinion, that's not even remotely close to enough information. So listen up, listeners. You need to make sure your agents are asking you questions about exactly what do they need to know the contents? I mean, should you be having a pretty in-depth conversation? With it, your it really should be. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll get phone calls and they're I'm closing on my house in a week. I need a quote. So that brings up a good question. New first-time homebuyers, this is my bread and butter. I deal with first-time homebuyers more often than I deal with anything else. I would say that typically they ask the insurance question right after everything else is complete. The home inspection, the appraisal, finally we're a week away and then they ask the insurance question if I haven't already had that discussion with them. Is that enough time? Should they prepare for that a lot sooner considering they have to have this in-depth conversation with you? Ideally, yes, earlier. Should they shop around and find um, you? I, I think they should. Um, I, this is this happened with me just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was actually a really good friend of mine. Um, she's buying a house closing at the end of the month and I said, well, let me let me get you a quote why don't you also go get a quote or two from somebody else? 
and let's just compare. Um, I like to take a real consultative approach. And you know what? I want everybody to do business with me, but there are going to come time and be it there. There will be a time where maybe I'm not the best fit. What I have is not the best fit for you. Um, I would much rather see you covered in a way that fits the budget, that works for you coverage-wise, um, than me try to fit you into what I have. Square peg, round hole. Exactly, exactly. And, and with her being a really good friend, you know, I felt real comfortable in, in talking to her about that. But we well, did. With her being a really good friend, you probably should have preferred her to me. But okay. <laughs> well, it was already over. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but no, I mean, if if you called me at eight o'clock this morning and said, "Seth, I'm closing tomorrow. I need a quote." Well, we can get it done. Right. You can drop everything and get it we, done. We can. We probably. can get it done. But it, it's nice to have a probably. little lead time because think about it like this. So uh, you asked about contents. Um, well, most policies um, will figure everything off what the dwelling coverage is, uh, what it's going to cost to rebuild your house. Um, you get 50% of that built into a policy that will cover your contents. Um, I deal with carriers that they will do 70, 75%. I mean, we can increase that value. So, I mean, that's a question we're going to ask. Do you have a lot of nice stuff? Yeah. So yeah. if you're someone like me and you don't have a lot of nice stuff, you're just concerned about the dwelling. You're, yeah, and then you... Do you recommend people to get, like, safety deposit box or keep their contents out of their house just to insure for lower premium? I mean, is there any kind of trick to make your insurance cheaper that you could maybe give our listeners? Well, listeners, here's here's a really good one. Get an alarm system that is centrally monitored, like an ADT or a... Oh, I can't think of the other name right now. Not... I'm not here to plug those services, but um, there is a discount for that. Right. Um, you were talking about safety deposit boxes. You were talking about getting valuables out of the house. Um, that brings up a really good point. If you're a home buyer or a homeowner and you have, uh, it's Arkansas, so let's say you have a fair amount of guns. Um, there's a thing called scheduling your personal property, and it's something you really might want to look into doing. Um, because these policies only come with a very little amount of coverage for jewelry, for fine arts, uh, for so collectibles. The stuff that's probably important to you. Yes, and for firearms. To your hey, what's up? It's Chad Hogue. Just walked Hello. in the room. Come here, Chad. Did you bring us breakfast? Brought you breakfast. Thank you so much. we got to let you plug your business since you're here on the podcast. Get over here by this microphone. Tell everybody who to call when you need breakfast on the fly. That's Chad Hogue. Go Hogue. Uh, courier service. Came over here and brought Miss Jamie and these fine gentlemen some breakfast from what we go to Chick Fil A. Uh, <laughs> you moving so fast, you don't even know where you yeah, came from. Yeah, I was on my way to Cabot before I come up here, so Brandon did this, help you out. What's your phone number? 501-351-5720. All right, everybody, go Hogue if you need it. He'll bring it to you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, sir. All right. Woo! <laughs> no, what I love about um courier services and about the real estate in industry and just the time we live in is when I grew up you had to like call on a landline phone and you had to have all these you know things set up you had to know what time you were eating dinner and be home when the street lights came on to eat dinner mm. not anymore it's 2018 I can have whatever I want whenever I want it instant gratification oh we do that at our house when I was a kid it was here's what we're having for dinner and in my house it's like what would y'all like for dinner yeah that's a really good point I'm getting and I get upset like, about that yet I'm also the one asking the question what would you like for dinner yeah. so <laughs> Catch kind of hard to be part of the problem 
So moving on, um, it sounds to me like coverage is pretty much an issue that everyone runs up on. You don't know what kind of coverage you need. You have to talk to somebody in depth to find out exactly what kind of insurance you need, not just to cover your, your house, but you also deal with vehicles, right? Yes, and if you commercial are... Commercial I What I do is I focus 99% of the time I'm working on the personal line side of the the, the, the business. That makes sense since you're an emotional guy. I've got to keep you close to the Exactly. Heart. Okay. Um, so I'm doing the home, auto, um, personal umbrellas. If you guys aren't aware of what a personal umbrella is, think of it as an umbrella of liability that goes over your home and your auto. It's not a property coverage, so it's not going to cover any property damage. But if you have a an auto wreck and you are at fault and it hurts some people pretty bad, and let's say the end of the claim is more than what your auto policy has coverage for. If you do not have an umbrella, then you are personally liable for that money. If you have an umbrella policy, the umbrella policy then kicks in and picks up that additional uh, settlement. And, That's nice. And umbrellas go like in... gap insurance for life. Yeah, think about it like that. And they go in million-dollar increments and... They range anywhere from $185 annually up to three, four, five hundred dollars, depending on the number of cars you have. If you have, uh, and it's true, you can put all kinds of stuff under this, right? Like coaching, youth sports, you can put all kinds of insurance policies on yourself, right? Well, you it'll pick up your homeowner's liability as well, and then your homeowner's liability will follow you to certain places. So, but that's real policy specific, carrier specific. If you guys have questions on that, uh, ask your agent or give me a call and I'll be more than happy to walk you through it. Um, but bottom line, distracted driving. We live in a really litigious society now. Um, if it fits in the budget, I highly, highly, highly recommend a personal umbrella. Um, like I said, the amount of coverage you're getting for the amount of premium, it, it's not a bad deal. Plus, it's a discount, right? I mean, pretty much every insurance mm-hmm. offers when you bundle it together. Yes. So if you did your house and your personal umbrella and your car, you'd have all of it under the same. Yes, and, and, and that's what you want to do. And it, it's, it's nice that way because if you have one of those claims, let's say it's a tornado and it affects the home, but it also affects your auto, it's nice to have one carrier you're dealing with. You're not having to deal with two different carriers, two different adjusters. I can barely send one text message, let alone make exactly. three phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that brings me to a, a point. Um, when you're dealing with uh, insurance, and especially when you're just trying to decide which carrier you want to go with, um, one of the things to keep in mind is the adjuster is a huge part of your claim service. Really, kind of like the appraiser is a huge part of your home purchase. Because the adjuster who's coming out and saying, okay, this is the damage, this is how much it, it looks like this is going to cost to fix, so this is what we're offering so you as a settlement. his opinion matters then, right? Yes, and so it's nice to know. Um, what if it differs from my roof estimator? What if my roof estimator says they can put a new roof on for $9,000 and your insurance adjuster says you only need 7500 Who well, fills the gap? Well, that's when you have a good agent who steps in the middle and we mediate that. And we That's try to nice. come to some common ground. I watched you that. guys mediate it on my roof. That's a true story. Yeah. They yelled at each other until they came up with a number. Well, hey, whatever works. I would have rather you been there. But, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that that's that's our job. Um, I'll ask you this question. Have you ever, has your insurance agent or anyone ever in insurance told you how much they make? Never, actually. When On your on, on your policy? No. Um that now is some, I'm curious. That is something we do at Metters, Adams, and Lee. I will disclose my commission to you. I have no problem doing that for two reasons. One, we believe in transparency, 100% transparency. Two, I'm getting paid money. Am I earning my money? 
That's yeah, a question. You better be. That's a question we want people to ask themselves. You just I, opened up all these questions for me. You got a lot of work to do, Seth. But it, it's <laughs> hey, it's but it's it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth, I, and that kind of goes well, back. You to, know how much I make as a real estate agent. Exactly. So why wouldn't you want to know fair. that the insurance carrier pays us a percentage commission off every deal? That's how we stay in business. So if it so is, it's really not in your best interest to lie to me or to oversell or undersell me. No. Well, I, and I, I don't want to do that because one, I have trouble sleeping at night. Anyway, I don't need... You have two it, small children. Yeah, I don't need any ethical issues. <laughs> You're not issues. sleeping anytime soon anyways, buddy. Yeah, I, don't, I don't need ethical issues on, the, on, yeah. on my mind. Um, and, and that's a good point. You know, do you need all the coverages you have? Once again, to me, that goes back to an in-depth conversation. I have some clients, they tell me, all I want to do is cover this house for catastrophic loss. Not really concerned about. So that's probably mindset related. Like me, I'm a risky individual. My yeah. husband is an insurance lover. Well, if you're, He probably pays more money per month in insurance than we pay on our mortgage and car put yeah. together. Well, if you're risky, guess what? Let's let's go with a really high deductible then. Let's get savings on the premium if you're if you're really risky. If you don't plan on turning in a bunch of claims, well maybe we don't have to put you with the carrier who claim service is what they hang their hat on. You yeah. know, it's kind of the old It sounds like you guys kind of have a balance of both. We do. I, I've got carriers for people that have, you know, I like to, we don't like to use words like high net worth and things like that. You know, that, that's kind of, it's kind of sounds exclusive. Yeah. Um, but there are very successful people out there who have really, really nice homes. I'm super inclusive about money in the sense that like, if you have any, I will accept it. So <laughs> I want to be a high net worth individual. So, I would love to. Be. So I've got carriers that handle that. Uh, and, and when someone has a $3 million home and they've got five cars, I, they kind of accept expect a certain level of coverage. And I have car- a certain level of service. And I've got carriers that, that offer that concierge level service. I was about to say, you could be the insurance concierge. Yes. So you can handle it all from a single policy to a big, huge one. Exactly. Do you call them jumbo policies like the lenders call them jumbo? No, loans? we don't call no. them jumbo. Okay. Well, so real quickly before we finish up here, I have a couple um, fun questions. I would like to know... When you, of course, you've had seven years, I guess, Mm -hmm. in insurance. So what is like the weirdest thing? You know, we see all these fun commercials online about like this, this accident and mayhem. And who's the other insurance guy that does a commercial about? We've seen it. Oh, the farmer's guy. Yeah, yeah. The farmer's guy. So what about Metters Adam Lee? What kind of weird, what is the weirdest or most crazy claim you've ever seen come through? Well, instead of a claim, I'd like to tell you about the weirdest thing I've ever insured. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. So this is a, I won't go into any details. Uh, Except for the good ones. But she, well, it's a she. I've already, damn, I've already screwed it up. Um, This person, (laughs) edit, this person purchased a wooden train caboose. Uh, I think she ran across it in Virginia. Like a full size? Like a full size train train caboose. caboose. So we're probably talking like, what, 18 by 12 feet or is it bigger than that? It's a little bit bigger than that. Okay. And had it shipped from there to her land. She owns some land uh, in an undisclosed area in Arkansas. Clearly in Arkansas. (laughs) And um, she, they wanted to convert it to kind of like a little secondary home. So what happened in the caboose? Did it have wheels on it? Well, they they took those off. They they gave it a foundation. um, And it's basically turning it into a a, a little home. And they had insurance. And this is actually how I got her entire account is the, and I, this is unfortunately in our industry. Sometimes we will take the easy way out. Insurance agents will, and they'll cover it for what they think it is, or 
for what a carrier is willing to to, to do and not really push it. <laughs> they go to the Nana book. They're like, uh, wooden yeah. train caboose, so, six dollars and fifty cents a square foot. So they had very minimum co- very minimal coverage on it. Really, they just had some liability. If if a storm had come through and it damaged that, I, I, looking at the policy, they wouldn't have had any coverages. And so it took some time. You know, it's not, it wasn't an easy thing to get covered, but at the end of the day. You read up on cabooses? Yes. And we got it covered because. At the tail end of it, you got it covered. Ah, see what you did. (laughs) See what I did. (laughs) And uh, so we were able, you know, and it took a while. And, uh, but she appreciated, she, her, she kept saying, no one's ever asked me these questions. This is, uh, we didn't think about that. No one's ever bought this, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah. And that's what I told her. And uh, so we got a caboose. Yeah. Well, it sounds like no matter what you want to insure, whether you want to insure your home, your car, or get loose in your caboose, Seth will have you covered. So um, thank you so much for coming and sharing well, thank your knowledge you. with us today. So there's good days, bad days. We've all had a little bit of the, the latter for sure. We all have rough days. We don't want to get up and get at it. When the world of insurance is like the last place that you want to be when you're tired of dealing with people calling you during floods and fires, how do you break out of that funk? What can you throw on your record player since you did age yourself with that uh Circa Little Rock High School well, graduation date. We, um, we Jamie, have to I'm, know. I'm a cassette guy. You're a cassette I, I, guy. I like, okay. I like the casingle. Do you remember the casingle? <laughs> yes. It was. No, I don't. I'm lying to you. I don't remember anything no. before the CD on the Walkman. I had like an actual Walkman with a CD in oh. it. It was the first traveled music I had. So I know you probably started with the eight track, but when you want to break out of a funk, what's your jam? Okay, so I'm one of those that I, I, I like. Actually, when I think about it, I love music a lot more than I think I do. But I kind of run hot and cold with stuff. But right now, uh, every morning, this is the song I listen to, and it's by this band called Twiddle. They're kind of a, they're kind of a jam band. <laughs> it sounds um, fun. And it's called When It Rains It Pours. When it but rains it, it pours. But it's one of those songs that it kind of starts out, and you're listening to the lyrics, and you're like, well, "This is kind of dark." But it actually turns it all around. It's a really, it's a cool song. You strike me as a guy who enjoys a good story. I like a good story. I also am not afraid to go into my uh, late 80s, early 90s gangster rap. Oh, you know, really? To kind of give me that insurance mindset. Right, like your money's, mind's on your money and your mm-hmm. money's on your mind. Oh, yeah. I have that same problem. So uh, well, we're going to put a link to your website on our blog that we will drop on Friday. We're going to mention what the homeowner's policy actually does cover for a consumer in addition to the benefits of having alarm systems, safety deposit boxes, garages as opposed to card ports, and some of that other fun insurance information. So if you guys want to connect with Seth Schreider, you can find him on Facebook, last name S-H-R-I-D-E-R. You can also check him online at mettersadamsandlee.com. If you guys have any other questions about Seth, please give us a shout or send us an email to info at mymismarketing.com. Thanks so much. Signing off. Lock out.